The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks on Union Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am your host, and I am so glad that you are here. If you don't know what Couch Talks is, it is the bonus episode of Union Therapy where I answer questions that you guys send in to me, and you can send them to Catherine, K A T H R Y N, at uniontherapypodcast.com. And just so you know, to keep things feeling safe and to help if you're like, oh, I want to send something in, but I don't know. I keep everything anonymous. So I will never read your name. Even if you don't care, I won't read your name. And sometimes I even change details or or little things that wouldn't change the context completely of, of the email just to make sure that everybody feels safe and able to share what they need to share. Now with that, I want to remind you guys that although I am a therapist and I'm answering your questions, this podcast does not serve as a replacement for therapy or substitute for therapy. My hope is that it is a way that kind of gets your toe in the door. I would hope for a foot in the door, but I'll take a toe into the door of therapy. So either you can start therapy yourself if you have the resources for that, or maybe you get a little nudge of something that you want to bring up in therapy that comes up while you're listening to one of these episodes. So if you have a question, feel free to email me and then maybe one day it will show up on a couch talk. So the question that I'm going to answer today, I'm especially excited about because it is in the definite realm of my expertise and what I specialize in. So I'm going to go ahead and read it and then we're going to get into all of it and we'll go from there. So here is the email. I have a question about exercise addiction. I've worked out all my life, played sports in college, and continue to enjoy exercise and movement into my adulthood. However, this has definitely tipped over into over-exercise, which is and was a big part of an eating disorder I continue to challenge daily. 
What are your thoughts on exercise during recovery? If your intentions are pure and you truly love to move, can it be done in a balanced way during recovery or is a time of abstinence the golden standard or quickest way to achieve recovery? Given exercise is a healthy thing to do, it's hard to imagine totally giving it up as opposed to other addictions like alcohol or substance abuse. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay, so we already know that I love this question and I love talking about this. So I'm going to try to answer this as succinctly as I can so the actual meat of what I want to say can permeate through your brain, all y'all's brains out there. So there's actually an episode I did about a year ago on exercise and exercise addiction and how to know when you're taking it too far. I'm going to link that in this episode's show notes just for a quick link that you guys can go click and listen to it so you don't have to search for it. Because if you're new or newer to the show, or maybe you're not, you just didn't listen to that episode, you might want to listen to that to kind of figure out what even is exercise addiction. Like how can you actually be addicted to exercise? Exercise is good for you. And how can anybody or why should anybody stop doing that and and everything that goes into that? Because it is a thing that isn't so mainstream. Like we know what alcoholism is. And like, I think a lot of us know that eating disorders exist, but when it comes to exercise, it's like, wait a second, what? And side note, I don't know if this is still true. But back in the day, I heard this like probably six years ago, and you can fact check me because I'm not sending you reliable uh, background info on this, but it was six years ago, the leading process addiction for people who were finding recovery, specifically men who were finding recovery from alcohol and drugs, the number one process addiction that they would cross over into was exercise. And then exercise was touted as this like super healthy thing that is so good for you. And if they're coming from a background of doing opiates or something like that, it's like, of course, we'd rather you do this, but it does end up causing a lot of long-term issues and it blocks you from actually being able to heal and figure out what it is that initially brought up that addiction in the first place. So it's an important thing to know about if you're somebody who does love to exercise and if you're somebody who has struggled with addiction or just black and white thinking in the past, it's something to be aware of just to make sure that we're always like on the right track and doing things for pure reasons. So I will link that episode for you guys. You can go and listen to it. And okay, this listener is completely right. Exercise is a healthy thing to do and we need movement in our lives. So the goal in recovery, whether it's from an eating disorder or an exercise addiction or a combination, the goal is never to never exercise again. And what's tough, just like with eating disorders, is you have to learn how to use your quote unquote drug of choice responsibly, which is very, very different than addictions like alcohol and drugs, because it's like somebody, this, I would always explain it like this, it's like somebody is coming into my office saying, hey, I would like you to teach me how to use cocaine responsibly. I'm addicted to it. I would like to use it just like recreationally, responsibly in, an, in, a, in a healthy, good way. And I would like look at them and be like, huh? But with exercise and eating disorders, a lot of times that's what we're doing. We are helping you sit in the gray space rather than this all or nothing thinking when it comes to food and movement. So I just say that because a lot of people are like, this is so hard. There's something wrong with me. No, this is hard because it's hard. Now, I'm going to give a disclaimer up top that if you are struggling with an eating disorder or an exercise addiction or both, 
What is safe and healthy for your body movement-wise can vary case by case. I definitely can't give a black and white answer just because there's no black and whiteness in any of this. There's no one answer for anyone. So I want to encourage you if it's possible, and this is something you're struggling with, to work with a dietitian or a therapist that specializes in this. I say dietitian specifically because they know way more about the body and what the body needs and the inside workings of what's going on we don't get trained in all of that. So a dietitian is going to really be helpful to know like how is this movement impacting your body? Also, what kind of foods do you need to be eating? Also, are you eating enough to be able to engage in this kind of exercise? Does your body need a break? Do you need like they're going to know all that stuff. So I just wanted to say that up top. This question is super understandable too when when we bring in the difference between like disordered exercise and exercise addiction, right? So disordered exercise might not be a full addiction and and maybe you don't have any current issues or complications, but you are well on your way there, right? So should you just stop or should you keep going? For some, taking exercise off the table is the right and the safest thing to do. And the truth is no one's going to die. Nobody's going to die from not exercising for a period of time. So nobody's going to die from taking a break. However, I know even hearing the words take a break, even if it's like a week, can elicit immediate thoughts of panic in people's bodies because like all of our addictions, the things that we do, like the things we pick up, the behaviors we pick up, they're illegitimate solutions to legitimate problems. And at one point, these solutions did work for us. And maybe if you're still in that like disordered exercise and you haven't crossed over into the full-blown addiction, maybe there's a lot of parts that are still really working and you don't have that awareness that something's not working yet. However, in all of this, to find a place where exercise is healthy, balanced, and somewhat enjoyable, you need to have other options available to help cope with your anxiety, that feeling that pops up when I say you should maybe take a break. There has to be other things in your toolbox there that can help you deal with the panic, with the anxiety, with the fear that comes up when you don't have that one coping skill. It can't be the only option. It's allowed to be an option, but it can't be the only option. For some, you guys might just need boundaries on the types of movement and the frequency as you move towards a more stable recovery process. If your body is in a place where it's safe and helpful, then the best option might be to work on reducing the amount in order to give space for other skills to develop rather than taking a full-on break from that. And that might be enough for the dependency you have towards that thing to kind of dissipate and, and dissolve. And I also like to encourage people in this space, maybe it's not that you need to take a full break or you need to take a period of not working out or you need to reduce the amount of this exercise. Maybe the solution for somebody could be like, we need to create more options in the realm of exercise, right? So try new things. We can become addicted to one type of movement and we become so hyper-focused on it, but the truth is our bodies like to move in all different ways. For me, I used to only run. It's literally all I did every day. And it was like a lot. And yeah, running is great, but so are other things. And there are so many other kinds of exercise that I actually enjoy and ways to move that help strengthen my body inside and out that aren't running, that I didn't give myself a chance to engage in and to know. And at a certain point, I was getting so many overuse injuries because I was only running and I wasn't doing things to help support the parts of my body that I was working so hard when I ran. So I think a big part of recovery is looking at what is it that you're actually doing? Why are you doing it? 
right? So going back to what I talk about a lot, the why behind the what. Why are you just running? Why are you only running? Why is running the only option? Why if you do this workout, you still need to run? And there is a lot of answers for me in that. And one of them was, well, I want to burn a lot of calories, right? I think that's the other part of exercise addiction that will clue you in if you're in a healthy space or not with what you're doing. Are you worried about the calories you will burn in your workout? Or are you worried about how the exercise will positively impact your health and body? Because if we're only focused on calories, we're not really aligned in recovery. Recovery is a place where we are kind to our bodies and we do things purely for our bodies, like from this pure state of I want to be kind to you rather than I want to change you. I want to fix you. I'm going to do this in spite of you. Now, when it comes to the specific person writing this email, I'm not sure if you are desiring permission to keep working out or permission to take a break or you really just want to make sure you're doing the right thing. Regardless, the fact is that you have some awareness that something's happening and that's huge and that's very helpful. And often we know what we need to an extent. We just don't allow ourselves to access that part of ourselves because our attic part starts popping up to distract us. And they can do that with fear, with panic, with anxiety, with false narratives, with stories. So when you sit with the question, do I need to take a break? What's going on? Can't, should I still move? Do I need to try different things? When you sit with that question, kind of if you sit with the email you sent me and you notice yourself leaning one way or the other, listen for that. A big, 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 big part of recovery is separating our authentic self from our addiction so we can learn how to listen to what we actually need and who we actually are rather than who our addict is and what they want and what they want to be able to stay alive, right? So when we start doing really healthy things, when we start acting in a way that sits with our authentic self, our addict gets pretty mad and it gets pretty loud because it gets pretty mad and it gets pretty desperate. And so you'll start hearing things and you you might be like, wait, what? I thought this was supposed to be better. I thought this was supposed to go away once I started acting this way. And eventually it will dissipate even more. But there's this initial part where when we start really doing the things that lead us away from our addiction, the addict gets terrified. And so it will start doing like anything. It starts like grappling, like it'll do anything. And it'll st- maybe starts getting mean or maybe this happens or maybe that happens. And I would listen to that. Does our addict sound panicked? Okay, well, is it panicked because you're like walking in alignment with your authentic self and it's afraid it's going to die? Because let them be panicked then. We want that part of you to kind of trickle away. And I will say that might require some help from a therapist. So I just want to shout that out. If that part seems especially hard to be able to differentiate between my addict and my authentic self and, and what it is that I, I really actually know, but I'm not letting myself know, that's probably hard because that's a very hard thing to do. So you really might need to sit down with a professional to help you tease that out. So as always, I hope this was helpful. And again, I want to encourage you guys to listen to that episode on exercise addiction because I just get surprised more and more every time I do another episode that there's some things that are just so I'm in them all the time because this is what I do. And I forget like why I even started this podcast is because this isn't the norm. People don't know about this stuff. People don't talk about this stuff. We aren't taught this stuff. And I do remember when that episode came out, it was a real eye opener for a lot of people. So if you haven't listened to it or you haven't listened to it in a long time, I want to encourage you to do that and it might be helpful, maybe more helpful than this shorter episode. So I hope you have the day, week, hour, moment you need to have. I am doing that because I am on vacation this week. 
going to the beach later and I'm just excited. So I'm going to have the moment I need to have. Hope you guys do that as well. And I will talk to you again on Monday. I will just say Monday's episode I'm very excited about. I had a sex therapist on and she will 1000% be coming back again because we did not even get to get to a lot of the stuff that I wanted to because she was just so amazing to talk to. And she was so gracious because I had some technical difficulties and she was like so kind and so helpful throughout them. So get excited for that episode and I will talk to you on Monday. Bye guys. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.